0: And I'm Esther Ikoro, and we're the hosts of the Honest Field Guide podcast. Entrepreneurship is no joke. The journey is full of anticipation, failure, hope, and disappointment. You'll make money and be totally broke at the same time. The Honest Field Guide podcast tells you the truth. We know being an entrepreneur is crazy hard, and you will sometimes cry at dinner. Listen in to be inspired, laugh, and learn how to really thrive on your business journey. Today on the Honest Field Guide podcast... Uh Uh-oh, so this just happened. The art of the pivot. Perfect, Esther. The pivot, the pivot, the pivot. I can't rap, but I'm trying. No, you can't. (laughs) So, I love the pivot because entrepreneurs, small business owners, mid-market business owners, global brands, all have had a moment in their lives, in their trajectory, where they've had to pivot. Something has triggered it, and they're like... Uh oh, so this just happened. And where do we go from here? Exactly. And how does this change things moving forward? And and pivoting is an exciting conversation because you can pivot because something horrible happened, or you can pivot because an opportunity happened and you're like, Wow, I didn't even know that was there. And now that I know this, I got a new thing and I'm gonna change.
1: Yeah. Key insights happen. Yeah. And you recognize it and take advantage of them. So When it comes to pivoting, Jinja, I think pivoting is especially difficult because of the nature of entrepreneurship. So entrepreneurs are self-starters. Oftentimes, we're some of the only entrepreneurs that we know, and so we have to be really driven. Like We have to push ourselves. And in propelling yourself down this path of entrepreneurship, it might be hard to pump the brakes and say, wait a minute, maybe I should change course, Because you're so wrapped up in your own rah, rah, nothing's going to stop me now momentum. (laughs) You know what I mean?
0: Ain't no stopping us now. Or ain't no mountain high enough. Ain't no mountain high enough. That's actually, you know what? Yeah. Those are two really good songs to think about of this conversation. And
1: sometimes there's a sign on the mountain that says, you're going the wrong way.
0: I love, love, love pivoting um, because we're sitting here right now in this, not soundproof booth at Google. Um, I had a moment in my company, Burt Creative, where I was presented with an opportunity that was very unique and very different by one of my clients, which is Google. And we talked about you know, working on a program that would not only help my company get more visibility, but it would require a lot more of me physically to do the work. And this is not something that was specifically in a competency or a vertical of my company. And I remember sitting in my old office looking around and saying, you know what, I'm not sure exactly where this is going to take me. I don't know if it's going to work, but I know that this, there's something happening here that is signaling to me that there's a change and I need to seize the day and go for it and I decided to say yes to this opportunity and now I am working with Google as a Google digital coach which is providing information and insights and training and professional development to entrepreneurs and small businesses and mid-market and large businesses in fact um, on how to use different types of tools to help their businesses grow it was an exciting moment because I was actually terrified. I thought, you know what, what if this actually, <laughs> what if this kills my company? You know, the requirement for me to be in a multiple, multitude of places at multiple times, I wasn't sure if that was gonna work. But um, what happened is, it's just one of those unintended consequences, an unintended positive consequence is, I was able to create and develop an entirely new line of business that I never had any vision around at all never for a million years that I opened my brand strategy company in which the purpose of my company is to look for gaps and find blind spots for companies to help them get to the outcomes they're seeking I never thought I would be opening up a line of business around professional development and training and coaching and 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 teaching people and businesses so you know you know when you talk about the art of the pivot um that was uh, a, a, a in my opinion with what I did, it was a brave act and it was it was uh, very different, very unusual, scary and I jumped off the cliff and mm-hmm. I haven't looked back and now mm-hmm. i'm I'm going down a rabbit hole which has opened up even more opportunities and more lines of sight for my business that I didn't that I really didn't Mm -hmm. didn't think about because you know when you're an entrepreneur and you're in business your nose is to the grindstone Mm -hmm. you are trying to kill it every day and you're asking yourself hashtag winning yet (laughs) you know what I mean (laughs) hashtag winning yet yeah winning yet are we winning yet yet? so I feel like you know um, you know pivoting is can be an amazingly beautiful thing and it was for me because it was a positive opportunity and positive pivot it wasn't um, you know uh, something horrible that happened that made me say oops but it was still a, you know, so this just happened. And thank goodness. And I haven't looked back. So is that a pivot or is that just expansion? For me, that's a great question. Um, because I guess you can look at it both ways. But the reason it was a pivot for me is that I actually shut the door on some other things. I see. Yeah. Uh, first of all, I shut the door on my, my very own private office. Decided not to renew my lease and I closed the door and I turned the keys over and I made a decision that, you know, I guess I'm not going to be a hundred percent autonomous anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm going to attach myself, um, in a very different way, um, you know, to a client. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and also, um, I never wanted to be a teacher. Mm. I never wanted to be a teacher. My mother was a teacher in the Chicago public schools.
1: We become our parents.
0: I know. And I'm thinking to myself, my mom, you know, did not want me to be a teacher. She said, you know, I don't want you to be in the classroom. And I said, OK, I won't do it. But look at me and
1: walked right into it. And classroom. I walked
0: right into a quote unquote classroom. It's a little different than my mom's experience. Yeah. I'm not you know, I'm not working with young children and families, things like that. But, um, you know, so I was running away from something. I didn't want to do something. So for me, it is kind of it was a, a flipping around. Um, it, it, it's also an expansion because once I pivoted, I saw opportunity for expansion. Mm-hmm. So it trans it transitioned to expansion or transformed to expansion.
1: When we think about pivoting a lot, we think about money and maybe sales not working in direction that we want to, but your point and your story brings up just an interesting scenario because it wasn't necessarily about Money per se, but about opportunity and expansion, deciding where to direct your attention. Well, let's talk about some of the things that bring up the idea of pivoting to a business. Of course, the most obvious thing is low sales, mm-hmm. right? So maybe there's a business that thinks that it has a product that fits with the market and it's just not converting into profit for that business. So that's one thing. There's also a business that once had product market fit, but that product market fit is no longer there. Like smartphones come out and your PDA is no longer relevant anymore. So although PDAs and pagers and things like that were great for business people, the emergence of new technology, shifting landscapes, changing culture, changing trends, takes your product out of relevance and out of use for who you thought your target audience was. The other thing that brings up the pivot is that you see the audience begin to use your product in a way that you never thought before and you begin to see growth in weird aspects of your business that you you didn't consider you would see growth in. So a good example is Rent the Runway.
0: Rent the Runway is a great example of a pivot because this is a company that started off trying to figure out how do... We get beautiful designer clothes for women that don't want to pay for these dresses and have them forever, but they can rent them for a little while and then return them, right? I mean, this is a great idea. Really amazing dresses, shoes, whatever you need that you can rent on a subscription service. You know, get a box of great, amazing clothes and then wear them and then turn them back around, right? That was That's the original concept. It's simple, easy, fast, efficient, you know, the Amazon of clothes renting. But here's the thing. They are now considered the Navy Seal of Stains, a la dry cleaner. They are a dry cleaner. They make so much money on dry cleaning that they have a whole new line of business that they originally didn't anticipate. And so think about pivoting in this way. This is a company that was 100% thinking about fashion solutions. To start a company and have success, and it's based on this vision of beautiful dresses with beautiful women, and to realize at the end of the day that your money that's being generated is coming from dry cleaning, I mean, that's a company that had to, by the sheer force of the equipment they needed to make sure they could clean the clothes. You know how much money that would take? The capital, the staffing, the insurance, The the chemicals or the green chemicals they're using, the workman's compensation, these are all things that had nothing to do with fashion. So that's a situation where, uh uh-oh, we are now a dry cleaners. (laughs) So we have to have another business model to accommodate this new line of business that we're in and oh my goodness this is actually making more money potentially than us renting our dresses and you know you're also dealing with the concept of i had a dream and it was a beautiful dream and now i'm really just basically a dry cleaner how do you handle that kind of a pivot but but even still that's an example of a pivot and so what happens sometimes when you're starting a business or when you're in a business or you're launching or you even are in a business for a few years and you realize like goodness gracious I have a whole new line of business that not only did I probably not want, but it's, it's, I'm killing it. (laughs) Yeah, I'm killing it, you know, and you're grappling with having to pivot, but also maybe doing something you don't really want to do. So you got to figure out how to make these things work when it's not what you planned. I mean, being an entrepreneur and having a business, a lot of things happen that you don't plan. Mm -hmm. And this was actually a successful unplanned consequence for them, but it may not have been the place of their hearts that they wanted it to be. Yeah. But I wonder what it must have been like during their growth to find out that they needed to launch an entirely new line of business, which is drag-claim. right. I mean, what must that have done? To these women that started this company, to realize that, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, your vision of you know what a dry cleaner looks like and what they mm-hmm. do and the smell, I mean, it's, it's definitely it's, not high fashion. It's but not high fashion. It's it's like you know, people send their clothes in and get them starched, or they send them in to get stains removed, or they put they send their comforter and they leave them there for like three months because it's not winter time yet because they can't store it in their house. I mean, it's just a very non-glamorous, exciting line of business. Yeah. These women did not open, rent the runway to become a dry cleaner. Yeah. So conceptually, um, you know, how do you reconcile your dream with the reality of where the money really coming mm-hmm.
1: from? It's part of the humility of being an entrepreneur because you begin to really understand the nuts and bolts of the problem. So yeah. we don't think about... Um, dry cleaning when we think about high fashion, but cleaning the clothing is an inherent part of the fashion industry. Sure, Like it has to be, you sure. just don't think about it because you don't really think about fashion from a production perspective. And you not at about that scale. A, exactly. Not at the, rent
0: the runway scale. Exactly. Because they had incredible success. Mm-hmm.
1: They had incredible success. And then it's also about, you know, understanding what your audience needs and being kind of a slave to that. Like if your audience is telling you through their actions, This is what we need. This is something that is important to us. This is something that we use. This is how we're using your app a la Instagram. This is how we're using your technology. You're not being a very good business owner, entrepreneur, or innovator
0: if you don't follow that.
1: Let's continue to talk about some of the reasons why people realize that they need to pivot. Mm -hmm. So we've talked about the sales. We talked about the shift in product market fit. Um, People sometimes stop understanding their target audience because their target audience changes. For instance, if you have a product that relates towards a younger audience, a younger audience in 2000 is not going to want and react the same way as a younger audience in 2018. The culture for that generation shifts constantly, right? Then there is also the fact that sometimes you just lose your passion and you realize that you, as an owner-operator, which most people in the entrepreneurial space are, just can't sustain the business that you created.
0: Yeah, I mean, when you talk about losing your passion, that can happen in quite a few ways. I mean, so I was helping a small business launch their um, new company and... My client at the time, I helped her come up with the name of her company. She didn't have a name. I helped her come up with the visual identity. She didn't have a visual identity. You know, she's launching. I helped her come up with her brand promise statement, which is what she's promising to her intended and desired customer. Helped her design her front end of the website. Also helped design the back end of the website and produced, you know, Uh the letterheads, business card, newsletter social media channels and I also helped her create her videos so guess what happened after we were done with all that after a year no I don't want to guess I mean she was exhausted mm-hmm. she got burned out she got burned out and she was like you know I've been dreaming about this for so long and now that it's here I'm like what she needs she wanted to run the opposite direction and she was like, I gotta go to take a vacation for like a year. Like I don't even know if I want to do this anymore. And and part of it's because when you have a dream and a vision, when you actually put it into action to make it a reality, you're like, oh my God, this is what it looks like. This is what I have to do. It isn't glamorous. It's not glamorous. And so you know what? She ended up completely pivoting to a whole nother thing. And I thought, Wow, that's amazing. You know, and it's still kind of out there as an element, as a thing, as an element in the ethers for her to pull down when she wants it, you know, and I almost feel like she looks at it as either a cautionary tale or she looks at it as a success. I can't figure it out because it could be a cautionary tale, like I'll never do that again. Or it could be, you know, um, the other thing where, where, where it's, it's, it's a vision that she looks at and says, you know, I have that in my back pocket for, for whenever I need it. But I will say that the process to develop that, that, that company, that brand for her helped her have a vision for how to do the next one or the next one or the next one, right? Mm-hmm. And so she was able to switch to other things. And um, she had a model for how to do it differently and how to do some things the same. Wow! So, um, you know, that's the kind of pivot that you want to avoid. But then there's still always lessons in failure. There's lessons in mistakes. It's like what Nelson Mandela says, I never lose, I win or I learn. Wow. That's always, that's always the truth in business. Mm-hmm. You can't look at um, losing as anything but learning ever don't ever look at losing as anything you have to have the courage to pivot that's the other issue you've got to say I'm going to do this no matter what and it takes a lot to make a change and like you said a minute ago to decide that you're not going to do that business anymore you're going to shut it down and pivot to something else. That is, that is some braveness. That is brave. Hashtag brave, right? Totally, totally brave. How do most people or in your, in your experience, how do people get to a
1: place where they're fine like, okay, I'm going to do this. It sounds like those are some of the conversations that you would have with like a mentor, mm-hmm. someone who's outside the business enough to say, you're right. It is time for a change.
0: I've been talking a lot recently to people that are in their careers or in their spaces and they're talking about taking a leap of faith and doing something totally different which is totally which is completely scary to them um i think what's happening with many people now is they're getting um just overwhelmed and inundated and you know sensory overload and they want to make a change and so fundamentally the courage to pivot stems from a a need that you have for something different now you know, I don't know how you define that need. Some people want to make a change because what they're doing is not working. Some people, you know, there's a need because um, there's an opportunity and they're like, oh, wow, that's an opportunity. I'm going to go for that. That's an opportunity. Sometimes um, you realize that when you're inventing something, one of the things that you invented in the process of inventing and failing and inventing and failing The thing that failed may have failed for your original vision, but it's actually successful for something else. And you have to take that success and apply it in a totally different way, which had nothing to do with your hypothesis for -hmm. what you thought you were building.
1: Just speaking of hypothesis, it's funny you mentioned that word because Eric Rice, who came up with the term pivot in application to business and startups and things like that, talks about starting a business as testing a set of assumptions.
0: Mm, mm -hmm.
1: Like you have a hypothesis that there's this problem and this is the best way to fix it. As you begin to gather information, that hypothesis might have to change, aka you might have to pivot your strategy. What are three pieces of advice you would give to a company that is at a crossroads and thinking that it might have to pivot sometime in the very
0: near future number one list the consequences on paper open up your google docs and type in what's the worst that could happen and the second thing would be what's the best that could happen Mm -hmm. you know you got to have opportunities you've got to see it you've got to see it the threat and opportunities right You know, the third thing I would suggest is when you have that listed on, you know, your doc, you want to maybe shop it around to your most trusted community. I'm thinking about doing this. I'm thinking about making this change. Can you help me talk me through it a little bit? You know, ask yourself, are you willing to give up if it totally doesn't work? That's a big deal for people. This may be a conversation with your mentor if you have one. If you're prepared for turning around, walking away, great. I've known entrepreneurs and business owners that have so much guilt and shame that they haven't been able to turn around and walk away and shut something down. And it's a monkey on their back forever and it's still out there. And that's not a place that you really want to be, but I, but I understand it. How do you know if you're delusional or not? Delusional? Like,
1: as, a, as an entrepreneur. Oh, some, yeah. some people are like, there's some people who are like, I'm gonna be the next X, Y, Z. And from an objective standpoint, you're like, the strategy you're going, That's not doesn't seem like it's gonna happen. Like where, how do you maintain that level of sense, that level of self-awareness? Because entrepreneurship, like we talked about earlier with mm-hmm. the need to be self-driven, it's almost inherently delusional. I love Like it. you have to be able to say something like, I'm gonna build a search engine <laughs> that's gonna sh- help you find anything you want <laughs> on the internet. You know,
0: people thought they were crazy. People, you know that, right?
1: People think everyone is crazy to does right. anything. That's Like Henry Ford said, that's if never- I had asked people what they wanted, they would have told me they wanted faster horses. Very few people know what they need or want until you show them right. in context. That can be a very dangerous place when you're dealing with money and livelihood and business and, and building something where you have the pride of not wanting to quit, but then you also can have the lack of sense awareness or realistic thinking of, Is this really? I mean,
0: you know, you brought up two people that are not average, normal people. They're visionaries, and they change the world. So, I mean, that does not necessarily, um, you know, apply to like an average person that's building a cool business, right? I mean, you know, the 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 two visionaries that invented Google and you know Henry Ford, those. I mean, come on, Esther. Like, yeah, you know what but, I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I'm not saying there's not going to be another Henry Ford. That's absurd. But okay, let's look I mean, at
1: edible arrangements. I'm going to make you a bouquet of fruit. Like,
0: <laughs> what? But it worked. <laughs> but if you said that to me before I okay, ever you know saw what? one, I, that. I would have been much, like, yes, let's look, what are you at, talking let's look at the about? other examples. Okay, that's a, that's a good example. So what I think is really interesting about that is I kind of think about all the guys that are in high school right now, Playing basketball, they think they're going to be in the NBA. Okay, they believe they're going to be they're going to be Michael Jordan or not Michael Jordan. Um,
1: Lebron. They James. think they're going to
0: be Lebron James. Whatever. I mean, all the big giant stars are like, I'm going to play pro basketball for the NBA, and you're just like, good luck with that because no, hardly anybody makes it to the NBA. So, what do you do? You prepare yourself for other opportunities. What does that look like? Right. So you're playing basketball in high school. You understand the game. You learn about the stats. Mm-hmm. You learn about sports broadcasters. You learn about, um, you know, um, uh, um, sports doctors. You figure out people that do like statistics and analysis. You 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 think about corporations that run, um, you know, the uh, the branding for the teams. You look at people that create merchandise and television shows and comedy skits. I mean, there are other ways that you can prepare yourself in the space, and maybe you say, you know what, I'm not gonna play the NBA, but I'm gonna pivot because I'm actually gonna be a deep analyst and work on you know, statistics to figure out who's gonna win the game next year. I mean, you know what I mean? Or just figure out players. Yeah. So there's other ways for you to just be ready for that opportunity to pivot. But if you're so focused on one thing and you're not leaving yourself open for other right. possibilities, you're screwed. I mean, really, you're 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 screwing yourself. I mean, you really are. You're really messing up you you're messing up your ability to to find success in something that you're passionate about, because there is such a thing as, you know part of the reason why some businesses don't want to change is they feel so much passion for it that they can't see that it's not happening. yeah, because they're so passionate. It's, it just becomes like, you know, an obsession an, an obsession, obsession an unhealthy obsession. You, it's unhealthy. It's unhealthy for in all kinds of ways around it. So you know why not? Why not you know come up with some other things? So I'm working on trying to work on a project right now with um, this uh, organization called Chicago Elite Classic, and that's um, something between Whitney Young and Simeon, and they have like two awesome basketball teams that get together and they basically do a small version of the NCAA championships right in Chicago, and they Damn. pull you know teams from all over the country and blah blah blah. And, you know, one of the things that, you know, they talk about, I went to the event last year, they're trying to tell the young kids that are playing basketball, look, you're probably not going to make it to the NBA, okay? But there are so many other opportunities for you in basketball. Let's talk about the ways. And by the way, let's introduce you to three other basketball players that are running awesome businesses, and they're making a ton of money. for You know, former high school basketball players that. Didn't go NBA, but they're killing it because you know what? They got their education, they were prepared, and they were listening, and they're still in their field. They're just not actually doing the thing that they originally thought they, they set
1: out to do. I think the word here is that they remain nimble and agile. Yes. Like they were ready for the pivot. Yes. Because sometimes you can be so stiff and stuck yeah. that you're not even ready for the
0: pivot. Right. There's an article in a book that Esther and I want to recommend. On pivoting, and there's a great one on the Harvard Business Review. It's called "The Strategic Pivot: Rules for Entrepreneurs and Other Innovators." It's a little bit of an older article, but I think it's important because it's really focused more on, um, you know, Silicon Valley culture pivoting with products and inventions. You know, turning a, a basic idea into some big giant thing, which is what we talked about earlier with Instagram, right? right. So that's a great article. Definitely do a Google search on it um, and you can find out more about that. Um, I mean, pivoting has a lot of different definitions, and our conversation with the Honest Field Guide is really more aligned with um, small businesses, entrepreneurs, you know, people that are, um, you know, definitely thinking big but are starting off very small, right? So, you know, take a look at that article. And then, Esther, what about your book that you'd like people to read?
1: So, the book is one that I mentioned earlier in the podcast. That's Lean Startup by Eric Rice. Yeah. Um, He is the person who introduced the word pivot in the lexicon of startup. So pivot, obviously didn't invent the word pivot, but he used it to describe companies that are lean and nimble, switching the route towards their vision um, in response to what they've learned from the market. So like I said, creating a business is like having... a a hypothesis and testing a set of assumptions. And when you test those assumptions, you listen to what your market and your target audience is telling you. Sometimes that is, we don't want it or we don't want it like this. And then you pivot in response to that. That's a really good book just to one, learn how to be very nimble as a company, but two, to understand what pivoting really looks like um, with other companies in mind.
0: And another book, one more thing I might say is um, when you're running a business, whatever that business is, you've got to read Tim Ferriss's book, The 4-Hour Workweek. It is transformative. It's liberating. And it really helps you understand that a lot of what you're doing can be automated and you don't need to be doing it yourself. This episode's tip for black women in business. Are you ready, Esther, to hear my tip? Yes. I'm excited about my tip. I'm ready. I'm excited for, ready for the yep. tip. You're ready for the tip? Okay. This is a big one. This is a big deal. Black women in business. Stop today immediately asking all of your other black women friends in business to do stuff for you for free. Stop. Stop. End. Fiend. The end. The end. Don't do it. Curtains. (laughs) You know, you know, black women in business. We, you know, are always in a constant struggle, right, for visibility recognition, awareness, whatever you want to call it. We are striving and working so hard. We have families and children and communities and you know, boys and girls to raise, whatever. And you know, we when we need help with something, we have to pay people to help us. I mean, you know, one of the things that, you know, we don't want to do, it drives me crazy is when you ask your girl to help you out and not pay your girl, whatever that is you're asking for, please come up with some money for that person because you know she's trying to make her business work too. You know, I have a lot of um, women that I hire for a lot of different jobs, and I cannot think of a time, it, especially you know, now that I know what I know as a person that's been in business 20 years, I, I feel shame if I go and ask another black woman to do any work for me without paying them you know, I'm just not going to do it. So that's my tip. Make sure that when you ask your black friend to help you on a project that you're doing for your company, that you say, you know, I have a couple hours I could use your guidance and assistance on. Um, You know, it's for this particular thing I'm doing. You know, what is your hourly rate? Just lead the question. What is your hourly rate? And then if she tells you and you can afford it, great if you can afford it, and say, wow, you know, that's awesome. I don't know if I have that right now. So you're gonna to have to come up with another solution for how to get to that to get to your answer. You know, and that's it. Just, you know, if you can't afford to pay your person for that, then you're not ready for, you know, the big time. And just, you know, either don't ask or go do it yourself. But otherwise, you know, have your checkbook ready. <laughs> and you know, I, I you know where I got this idea, Esther? Where? I have this wonderful uh woman I work with. Her name is Mikai Brown. Um, she's got a company called um I think it's Mekai Brown Consulting. Um, she's tremendous and she leads workshops on this topic. She literally leads workshops saying, you know, do not work for free, do not cut your prices down. Number three, never ask your black friends to work for you for free. So, what do you think of that tip? It's a good one,
1: right? I think it's great because guess what? When you need some other work done from someone who's not black, what are you going to do? You're going to pull out your wallet. Uh huh. So, yep. what do you look like? paying someone else to do work and and then expecting your homegirl to do something for free unless she owns part of the business well that's different that's different that's but different. if she doesn't mm-hmm. i mean to pay her like you pay everybody else to do everything thank else. you
0: can we just do a high five on that
1: cough it up <laughs> thanks for listening to this episode of the honest field guide where we discussed the art of the pivot thank you esther thank you jinja and we'll see you next time the Honest Field Guide podcast is produced by Burke Creative, written and created by Ginger Birkenbuehl and Estary Koro. The podcast is recorded in the innovation and technology
0: capital of the Midwest, Chicago, at Stomping Ground Studios in Ukrainian Village. Original music is written by and provided courtesy of Utah Carol. Follow Honest Field Guide on Instagram and Twitter. The opinions expressed on the Honest Field Guide are opinions only and only represent the views of Ginger Birkenbuehl and Esther Ikoro.